So this is an interesting card. Uh, it gets the dumpy stamp of approval from us again. Uh, stamp is still in the works. We're getting that ready. Uh, and we'll be rolling that out soon to let you know which cards have our approval throughout the sets. Um, prepare that, yourself. I mean, as far as dumpies go, this one might get two stamps. <laughs> For each cheek. <laughs> Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode 45. I'm your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Hetch. Still not in Noxus. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I, I'm going to keep making that joke. Not only are we not in Noxus, but we're going to reference Noxus this episode <laughs> in a negative light. <laughs> and I think... Yeah. And before we say, if you haven't listened to the Swain episode, give it a listen. <laughs> you know what? I think one saving grace here, and this is going to lead us into our housekeeping, is we now have a TikTok. A tick like you used to could listen to us everywhere, and you still can. But now you can also hear clips on TikTok. Yeah. So if anyone out there has said that we're not on TikTok, or where can you find us on TikTok? Uh, you can now find us at Podcast Core on TikTok. And yes, we're there. You're a liar. Yeah. And and to what Hetch was saying is that a Noxus clip was just uploaded to TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> so you can no longer say. Why are we like this? Why are we being so difficult? Well, there's like there's there's no incentive for this. There's, it's just purely malicious. Anyways, you know, housekeeping, follow us. <laughs> everywhere on twitter uh, we have a link tree too now so it's easier to find all these posts so go to Linktree backslash or forward slash uh podcast core and you'll find everything there uh but still follow us on twitter because that's the easiest way to keep up to date on episodes that's at podcast core like it is everywhere else and you can send an email to the same name at gmail.com and no matter which one you pick from that long list of places we are uh leave a like follow and a short review slash comment those help they help us get seen. Uh, they help spread the word. Uh, but you can spread the word by telling a friend to dance gracefully while listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. Well, very nice. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. I had to stretch to pull that one off. Yeah. Hey, I can't even be mad at that one. <laughs> All right. What you been playing? State of the game. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> As we talked about in our uh, 43.1 episode a while back, uh, Siver, not Siver, sorry, Irelia and Azir have been causing trouble just like we expected. So the whole world has been trying to figure out how to stop it. <laughs> this is like, this is the fastest culmination of a meta I've seen in a long time because everyone has the common enemy. Uh, yeah. which is these two. It is a nightmare to play against. But it's one of those things that's like a um, masochism comes to mind where it's fun to play against because you know you're supposed to lose. <laughs> so because you're, so spo you're, you're, so, you're supposed to lose, it's, it's, like, it's, it's, like a, it's like a mini game of sorts. Of, hey, this is supposed to be a loss. This might turn into a W uh, by some grace of God. <laughs> 
<laughs> what if you just had to be you just had to call it masochism oh lord but you're not wrong it's like everyone yeah, is yeah. just trying to figure out like all right like the big bad how can i beat the big bad and it's one of them i mean there i can't think of a meta where successfully finding a good counter to what is at the top of the meta is just not a fantastic feeling so yeah of, of course you're gonna find it <laughs> So yeah, what you're playing? So, What's so, the counter? So what I am playing is currently Sivir Renekton. So Sivir's a character that I you know very much understand because I played with her a lot before the swap. Um, Renekton was something I was trying to get to work for a long time, and I came across this deck um, by you know one of the pros on Twitter uh, that was this deck, but it focused on the challenger aspect because the thing, the nuance about um, Sivir uh, Azir, or sorry. <laughs> Irelia Azir, part of my confusion there, is that it has to constantly be aggressive and it doesn't really have a blocking element. What it has is a fake out element where it will block, but it will have to recall something because it needs every last creature to pull off what it's trying to pull off. It doesn't have room like most aggressive decks that, for instance, like uh, Noxus aggressive decks that will trade creatures but still get the damage based on a proc or a trigger. Uh, they don't have that. They have to hit you. They have to attack you. There's no direct damage. So they can't sacrifice creatures in the grand scheme of what they're trying to pull off because they need those attack tokens, baby. Uh, yeah. So with this deck, because it has the innate overwhelm capability of some of these creatures, it has the um, the first strike capability of like Sivir, and then when she's flipped, she gives everybody first strike, or, or sorry, quick quick attack, and then it has the ability to have multiple not i mean you're never going to catch up to attack tokens with that deck but it does get additional tokens um and additional rally uh because based off of rallies so you're able to take those one toughness things they have that aren't buffed yet because they want to buff it on their turn not your turn and attack against them multiple times uh to get your overwhelm damage through and that's how you end up beating the deck uh, yeah. and it's fun i mean i mean it makes sense because it's yes you're never going to match the number of attack tokens but like the fact that you're building around overwhelm is like your attack token is more valuable yep. so i i get it yep. uh, and then you're you're, you're you're blocking <laughs> so when you do block you're also buffing up sivir because it's just the damage you do so it's playing around that and the fact that a lot of people who are playing that Irelia Azir deck are just, you know, especially on ladders, just jamming it because it's popular. They don't really understand the nuances of, because it's one thing to know how to play your deck and how to play your deck against certain decks, but it's another thing to know how other decks are trying to play against you. And those little things have been what allow me to end up winning those games, even though that deck is just ridiculously powerful. I, I mean, it, it's more of, it's also more of a thing of like, it's really putting a highlight on how much net decking happens in runeterra everybody yeah. has known that it happens but i can't think of an irelia deck that i got to see in the little bit that i played that was different yeah. <laughs> like, i i i was and the only not, one playing a different one net decking by yeah, the way especially for casuals out here yeah Do your thing. i don't condemn it but yeah. it is a thing of just like you know you've got to know how to play that deck because yeah. everybody else knows what you're playing yep I, I can do two clicks on my computer and i will have your deck list in front yeah, of me exactly um but i uh as far as with that i didn't play too much i got to take a little break and go visit my brother so you know had to spend time with family instead yeah it sucked. We, took, we took a week off you guys won't <laughs> notice but we did 
hey, hey, don't don't break the veil. Don't Go break no, no sausage. No, don't don't show <laughs> no the sausage. sausage. Um, but the little bit that I did play, I was the only one playing a different Irelia deck because I'm still trying to force myself to make it work with Quinn because scouts. Yeah. I will scout until my days are done. Um, but otherwise, never give yeah, up. Didn't play never surrender. Much. Never surrender. Grand Plaza. <laughs> so good. So good. But this takes us to uh, the main topic today, which is sharp moves uh, with Irelia. Surprise. Oh, we're going to we're going to talk about the big bad today. Right? Oh, man. Although the her story, my, boss. her story is technically not big bad. But <laughs> hey, we're going to talk about the big bad today. Yeah, it's it's a, we're, we're, you know, just quick. It, it's a it's a solid story, but there's a lot of great stories in Runeterra. Um, and this, you know, struggles to keep up. Uh, but it does. It's very important to the overall scheme of everything. So uh, we'll get into that. But first, we start with spells. Uh, so very the spell important. we start off with here. Sorry. That's a very important. Yeah. Very important. So the spell we start off here is Vanguard's Edge, which is also the spell you get if you have an Aurelian play and you have an Aurelian hand. Um, Vanguard's Edge is a seven cost slow spell that has Blade Dance three. Blade Dance creates um, a one one in an attacking position. It also gives you an attack token uh, at the same time. And this gives you Blade Dance three. So you get three of them and pick an ally to attack with the blades. So you get three blades that come into play attacking, and then you also get to choose an ally that's in play to attack as well. And you know, the the thing about this card, it's not really, this is a good example of, uh, I keep saying Sivir accidentally, but Sivir is a great example of having a spell associated with her that's not that great, right? Like her spell, Ricochet, it's not very useful. It's very situational. And there's so many other things you want to be doing in that deck with that mana that you won't really use it much. And Vanguard's Edge kind of fits into that. It's more of but a if you've, more. But if you've got the reputation, <laughs> it's cheaper. <laughs> yeah, no, the, I agree. It, it, it very much is a thing of just like the spell is not too powerful, but it makes sense because the the character that it's put onto is already doing everything that it wants to do. It doesn't need too much help. Um, and I do like this spell just because of the fact that like the blade dance three, like that is like, even if you don't have a lot of synergy on board at the point that you're playing the spell, you're still getting a free attack with potentially doing three damage. And since we're seeing this in very much aggressive strategies, that's a nice little bonus to have, even if you're only running it as like the duplicate of Irelia's that you get. Yep. Uh, but the part that stands out on this card most here is for our purposes, it's the quote, the quote uh, from Irelia herself, stop their retreat. The Noxians started this war, but we will end it. Um, Hetch will mention why this is important and her approach to making sure that we stop them in their tracks because yeah. we're not dealing with this anymore. Mm -hmm. and, and yes, the only spoiler I will give to the story is yes, Irelia is a badass. Like <laughs> <laughs> facts. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Confirmed. Uh, this then takes us to our follower uh, for this episode, which is Coastal Defender. So this is an interesting card. Uh, it gets the dumpy stamp of approval from us again. Uh, stamp is still in the works. We're getting that ready. Uh, and we'll be rolling that out soon to let you know which cards have our approval throughout the sets. Um, prepare that, yourself. 
I mean, as far as dumpies go, this one might get two stamps. <laughs> <laughs> For each cheek. <laughs> so, uh, Coastal, <laughs> so, Coastal Defender is a four cost, two six. Whew. Got me over here sweating. <laughs> four cost, two six. With when you summon an ally, give me plus two, plus zero this round. So this card is not what we would consider standard playable. Uh, This card is a banger for Expedition, though, uh, because games do tend to go longer in Expedition uh, and you your cards are more common and, you know, uncommon. See more play in that space uh, due to their rarity uh, and more often when you see them. So this card does play the most into the story aspect, uh, which we'll talk about at the beginning of Irelia's story. Uh, but we have a little kind of like a soldier's letter post-war making it to a loved one or being found amongst the rubbish. And, and, and this one says, my dearest Kay, they arrived in, they arrived this morning in a line of ships that broke the horizon and blotted out the sunrise. Their machines set fire to the silver plains, and now a thick smoke crawls through the summer air. We can stand by no longer. Rake or shovel, scythe or sword, today we must go to meet our destiny. Know that I love you and our home more than I have words to write. Charred letter. And listen, charred letter is not like his SoundCloud name. (laughs) <laughs> charred letter is referring to the <laughs> the evidence that is found left after uh, the if, impending if, fight if anyone listens to our show that has like some artistic ability please do a quick um revamp of the artwork on this card to go ahead and give our, our boy charred letter some face tattoos <laughs> And just shoot that over to podcastcore at gmail.com. I will greatly appreciate it. <laughs> Charged letter. It's so good. Uh, I mean, it's like this, this letter really sets a tone as far as like the conflict of Noxus and Ionia. Yeah. Um, which plays a very big part, not only in the lore, but also just in League of Legends, period, uh, which we'll get into. But uh, I... This is one of those cards that's kind of like the Legion Marauder from Noxus, where the payoff of the card, as far as like the plus two when you summon something, it it just it gives you this feeling of like, I gotta figure out how to make this work. I like how this. How do I break this? As far as someone who builds stupid decks all the time, <laughs> this is a card that I've been staring at. Going, hey, if I pair it with Noxus, I can give it overwhelm. And now I just have to figure out how to summon a bunch of crap. Hetch's mind, if I take these eight steps at the precise moment, <laughs> anything is possible. And if I can find a way to tutor my draw to get Coastal Defender, which is now my win condition. <laughs> <laughs> these Sorry are why my cre- dating these are why my decks don't work. Creating your own hell. <laughs> Uh, oh, but, but Ben, speaking of hell, we're going to get into the main topic, though. Shark yeah, Moves. yeah. We're going to talk um, about Irelia and how she became the influence she is today. Yeah, and uh, especially, like, ending off a of Coastal Defender, it's a good point to mention that this is a story that has gotten uh, revamped 
as far as throughout the growth of League of Legends. And the most key important thing of the story is Irelia's involvement within the conflict of Ionia and Noxus. Irelia has, even before she got her champion rework in League of Legends, which is when they revamped the story to what it is now, she was still very much at the forefront of the Ionian resistance to the Noxus Empire. Uh, back in the day, Irelia was like the lead general. And it was a thing of Irelia was kind of in the conflict first before karma kind of brought in this more spiritual element to help Ionia like take the edge. And now the story's a little more reversed where karma is at the front and Irelia, her time comes in a little bit later, but she's still very much a face. And specifically Irelia and karma in this Noxus conflict, it's very important because of the effects that it had in the game of League of Legends. And not just, I'm not, that's not a story. This, it affected the game because they used to, they had a tournament event where they got pro players to battle it out, 5v5, all Ionian characters versus all Noxus characters. And the winner of that series ended up being the winner of the war. Um, and that's how we have Ionia kind of fighting back and get, regaining their independence. And it also added in the item into the game, the Ionian Boots of Lucidity. That item would not exist if it wasn't for this story. Like, it's a, this is a long-standing thing. So Irelia's story, even though it's been reworked, is crucial, absolutely crucial to the world of League of Legends. Dude, Hetch, Hetch with the super meta background. Very impressive. I might have very little bit of a life. I don't know what humans <laughs> look like anymore. I only have my my monitor and my computer. Send help. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So it's uh, very much the meta drops here. Um, and I, Irelia is yeah. at the heart of it. So let's talk about Irelia. Now, her full name, I, spoilers, I do not speak a Far Eastern language. So her full name is Zan Irelia. And that's X-A-N, Zan Irelia. That is the pronunciation that we are sticking to. And I will fight you because I can't say it right, even if I know how. Um, now, quick, quick question. Is is it handled as they do with like Japanese names and Chinese names where the surname is first? Um, I get the vibe that it is handled that way okay. because later on when we get through the story, the um, there is the family crest and it's referred mm -hmm. to as the Zon crest. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So I do get the vibe that like it. It would be like, and if we Americanized it, her name would be Irelia Zahn. Yeah. Um, so, but the important thing is to know that she comes from the Zahn clan. And as far as Irelia as a young child, she was always fascinated with specifically the traditional dances using silks, kind of like ribbon dancing, if you're familiar with the Olympic event. Um, and... Her grandmother was very well was very well studied in the art of the silk dance, and she taught Irelia, like tutored her as far as learning the basics of the silk dance, and also taught her the spiritual significance that these dances had to the lands of Ionia. 
And Irelia's response to all of this was very much like the the old meme of, ah, yes, there's spirits tied in with the dances. Yes, grandmother, let's get you back to bed. <laughs> like, <laughs> Irelia is brushing it off because she just she likes she likes to dance. She wants to dance. That's all she wants to do. So she continues to study under her grandmother until her grandmother can teach her no more and she goes off to cue, become, cue the flash dance scene cue the flash dance scene drop the bucket <laughs> of water um, and we just aged ourselves so badly um i think i think my beard turned gray um, and so she after studying with her grandmother she ends up going to the placidium of navori and which is a combination of a holy place as well as a gathering of many artists within Ionia. And then these would be the artists that are trained in traditional things, keeping tradition alive. And this is where Irelia continues to study to perfect her abilities of, of doing these ribbon dances. Um, for the sake of the story, it's silk dances, but mm -hmm. uh, she continues training there and this is where you know this is going to be the career that she's chosen for herself and she's very content with it until rumors start reaching the placidium of invaders coming in from the shore coming in from the shore and irelia knows that her hometown is very close to the coast so she packs up she rushes home and before she even makes it home all she can see are noxian banners dotting the skyline dotting the road and smoke rising up from her village that's not good and it's like well if you've it, even though we haven't talked a lot about noxus the little bit that we bring up noxus <laughs> yeah that's not good like this is already <laughs> bad times ahead uh, and no, noxus fans are waiting for the redemption story <laughs> they're gonna keep waiting because uh, by the time we get back there we're gonna be talking about bilgewater and piltover again. <laughs> uh, so yeah so irelia returns home and not only is her is her home in shambles rented out to the um to the commanders under the noxian admiral ducal the residents of her home aka her family they resented the fact that their house was turned into the lodging for the enemy so in perfect like douchebag fashion the admiral guides irelia to some unmarked graves and says oh yeah here's your family <laughs> and of course irelia at this point irelia is only about 13 14 yeah. years old the, yeah. we're the, she's we're talking about a teenage girl returning home and not only is her house in ruins but the her whole family's dead literally her whole family is dead yeah and in that moment of grieving and just world shattering events happening around her the only thing that brings her back into reality is seeing the commanders that are looting her house bringing out a box that is uh, emblazoned with the Zahn family crest. And this kind of snaps her back into reality of just what has happened and that these people have done this to her. 
and now they're going to take away the last thing that she has to her claim of being Gazan. So she goes and she grabs the box. All this that's all she does. She goes and she grabs the box yeah. away from these people trying to protect the last possession that she has. And uh so the response of the Noxian gathering there was to beat the crap out of her. And then Admiral Ducal orders them to destroy the box and kill her too. Just go ahead and if she wants to be with her family so bad, she can go join them. Um, no. So they destroy the box and just go ahead and envision in your mind that perfect movie setting of just like all this glass shattering sounds and the pieces of the crest falling in front of Irelia's eyes. And, and in the, the distance, you hear Emperor Palpatine say, rise. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> and do it she does <laughs> uh, yeah so so yeah the crest shatters and they the the commanders under admiral ducal they start making moves to go ahead and execute irelia and it's within these last moments of her life that she hears a calling she hears the sound basically hears a sound of music hears a rhythm and it's calling to her from the shattered pieces of her family crest and in her last moment she just wants to dance she wants to continue doing what she's passionate about which is the this silk dance and it's within this moment that she finally fully understands what her grandmother was talking about with the spiritual connection and how the dance connects to the spirits. And she starts to dance before she's executed. And instead of ribbons, she ends up picking up the pieces of the crests, except more like a telepathic thing. Like she, you know, it was this telekinesis of picking up these shards and she starts dancing with them and they turn out to pass through human flesh <laughs> with Whoops. ease. So she ends up killing almost all of the guards that have surrounded her to execute her. Admiral Ducal looks over and goes, uh, what? <laughs> and she ends up just kind of grabbing the shards and dipping. She just runs out of there and she escapes with her life. But this is how Irelia discovers uh, her own ability to control the spirits through dance and ends up using the ribbon dance with essentially blades, even though at that point it's just the shattered pieces of this box. This there's there's a great um relation here between Irelia, who was a character that existed, you know, early on or earlier on, than Talia, right? If you haven't listened to our Talia episode, there's a lot of parallels there. Um, so I would check that one out about how these groups of people use dance and spiritual energy and how that fits into their culture. And it's really cool that they they do this in different areas and regions around um, Runeterra, like you would mm -hmm. see in uh, in any culture in the world, right? Like multiple yeah, cultures have this kind of thing. It's very much a tip of the hat to a lot of Southeast Asia, um, specifically like in the islands, like the Philippines. 
Uh, a lot of those cultures, they continue to practice dance as a way to keep their traditional martial arts alive when they were under foreign occupation. It's uh, it's a nice nod to the real world while still cultivating a fun story within Runeterra. Um, and as far as I'm very grateful to you for bringing up the Talia story because it kind of goes to my next point here, which is going to be uh, another great episode to listen to if for this next half of the story is Karma's story. Because now we have Irelia running away and she ends up finding a band of people that have kind of, they kind of have formed a militia to resist the Noxus uh, invaders, but they're very disorganized. They are just kind of in place, bound together to just stay alive. Like they're not really trying to, trying to succeed in any kind of revolt they are just trying to survive but when irelia gets there she decides to do what she does best which is to dance and to try to keep the morale of these people up but the thing that keeps constantly coming in are these rumors of how the religious leader of all of ionia karma has lashed out at the noxians and full avatar swagger. Karma has chosen violence. <laughs> Karma <laughs> has chosen violence. And Kiyoshi has won this day. Um, so so they even though these people are just are just together for the sake of survival, they keep hearing all these tales of how under Karma these other Ionians are fighting back and not just surviving, but pushing the Noxians back. And these rumors and all these stories, as well as just trying to keep the morale of the people up, like they kind of stay with Irelia. And she ends up kind of, you know, in a place of indecision. And this place of indecision continues as they continue to try to find a safe asylum. And they end up finding what they think is a safe asylum back at the Placidium of the Navori. So Irelia returns back to where all of her training has taken place, but they now find themselves at the Placidian under siege. And it turns out that the Noxians, under the very wise guidance of a young general, have discovered the spiritual significance of the Placidian to all of Ionia. And they realize that this is a very strategic place that they can use to pull out the resistance led by karma and bait them into a trap. And it's the young general who's discovered this that leads the first charge into the Placidium to set the trap, which he does so successfully. So now we have the resistance of Irelia's band imprisoned by none other than Jericho Swain. What? And we, we've talked a little bit about Swain in our LeBlanc episode. Swain also comes up in basically all of the Ionia uh, scenarios that we talk about with um, fighting against the Noxious resistance because Swain is a big name He's and he's got a big story. Maybe one day we'll get there, 2023. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but like Swain, this is... The conquering of Ionia is Swain's kind of big role to take him from gifted young general to the next step. 
so he now finds himself sieging the Placidium, holding captive the survivors of this ragtag band, and calling out to Karma to, hey, come get your boys, or we're going to kill them all. And that the trap is set. And there is everything is going perfectly for Swain, and nothing could go wrong, except for one 14-year-old girl who's decided that enough is enough. And it is within these confines of being a prisoner to Swain that Irelia finally decides to embrace the destiny that fate has dealt her, and that she is going to lead the fight against the Noxians. So she is able to use the her ribbon dance to call to the blades without touching them and have the blades cut her free from her bindings. And then she goes on an absolute killing spree. <laughs> All right. Like we, we've talked about like some killing sprees in many episodes. <laughs> we still laugh about the ruination 2.0. Like, <laughs> like death and destruction. Death and destruction is not foreign to a lot of these Runeterra stories. But this is definitely like the big turnaround from Irelia's remake story, which is she's She's a girl, a young girl, and she just kind of snaps and she absolutely carves to pieces the band of soldiers that Swain is holding the Placidium down with. And not only does she cut them down, but she's able to cut free some of the other survivors and they fight and they're able to push back Swain's band, not only push them back, but a little spoiler to Swain's story that after the victory of the day Irelia is seen standing in front of the men holding up Swain's severed arm as a sign of victory for the day so you know uh, my, one of mine and my sister's favorite jokes is saying uh, this week on Snapped um, <laughs> so so this week on Snapped, Irelia <laughs> takes her place at the head of the Ionian resistance. And yeah. after... There's nothing more metal than this. Nothing more metal. Oh, my God. And so after being able to free uh, the Placidium and take it back for Ionia, Irelia ends up dragging that band to meet up with Karma. And she becomes the face of the resistance and remains the face of the resistance for many years uh, up until the point of three years later, being able to push the the navy of Noxus out of her hometown and killing the commander, Admiral Ducal. So she is fighting for many years, and but she's able to exact her revenge and to cast out the Noxians from her home. And her story from this point kind of leaves off because now the Noxus threat is officially off the islands of Ionia but now th these people are looking at her and it's like uh so what do we do now because it was very much of a peaceful land with very little conflict but a lot of the tensions of the the sl very slight and subtle politics of Ionia that was going on a lot of people took this time to strike so now we have all these different clans that turn out to be fighting other clans of Ionia just as much as they're fighting the Noxians, trying to grow their own clans for power. And now these people are looking at a 17-year-old Irelia going, what do we do? And Irelia's like, 
Um, I don't know. And that's where her story kind of tapers off. It's if if you go back and listen to our LeBlanc episode, like Hetch mentioned, we talk about at the beginning of that episode how Noxus is so much more than just on its face value because it influences a lot of what happens in all of Runeterra. And this is a great example of a residual effect, right, of the the shifting of the culture that happens just because they attacked Ionia in the fashion that they attacked in and what that does to the Ionian region post them being there. So this just adds more creed to what we talk about. Noxus is a very uh, influencing fact or big influencing factor uh, in this world. They are everywhere. They are everyone. Um, and to really wrap up Irelia's story, the last line, if you go and read her bio, the last line of the turmoil in Ionia that is happening is just a very simple, at heart, Irelia still yearns only to dance alone. Oh, no. And uh, that's it. <laughs> like, I, let me tell you, if I was 17, like, I remember when I was at the age still somehow so many decades ago um if i was a 17 year old and i somehow was just thrust upon into a, a resistance and just leading people into battle i too would just kind of be like bro i'm done <laughs> you know, like, i i just want to i just want to do the shoulder lean alone man <laughs> So if you want to oppress your opponents, I really is the card for you. <laughs> yeah. So um, let, let's talk about a card that does not play alone. It does yeah. not dance alone at all. <laughs> um, so this is a card that at the point of the recording is getting a lot of talk in the Runeterra circles. So if you don't play the game and don't know what it does, this is for you. If you play the game, you know way too well what this card does. Um, so Irelia is a three mana, three, two with quick attack. So very much like Zed. And uh, her level up requirement is 12 plus allies have attacked. Now, um, her other effect is when I am summoned or at the round start, if you have the attack token create a flawless duet in hand all right and flawless duet is a one mana fleeting slow speed spell that is blade dance two and again blade dance being that you create one one creatures that are attacking for the number of blade dance that you have and they obliterate at the end of turn or on the attack. Uh, so she has to, she get, gets the ability to blade dance, at least at slow speed. And with her level up requirement, you do need the blade dances. If you're trying to level her up in an aggressive state, because the uh, like 12 plus allies attacking is a pretty steep requirement. Um, but the, as everyone who has played, it's very doable. And her level up is where Irelia gets a lot of fun. Uh, and we talk about this a lot on the show. It's a very, very good um, translation from the League of Legends game 
into Runeterra. So her level up is a traditional plus one plus one. So four three quick attack. Uh, when I'm summoned around start, you create the flawless duet. And when allies attack, create a blade surge in hand. And blade surge is a zero mana burst speed spell. Swap target ally with Irelia. And that this that's where Irelia gets to be a lot of fun. And it does have the feeling of the way that she plays in League of Legends because the really good Irelia players from even from before the remake were able to manipulate their minion waves to where they could dash around the minion wave and reset her queue. So they're constantly moving and they're difficult to kind of pin down. And I, the blade surge is a great way of translating that because if the Irelia player has a blade surge in hand, there's no way you're pinning her down unless you're two for one in yourself and not even two for one because it's, it's a zero mana burst speed spell. You're, you're, you're two for nothing yourself. <laughs> um, so it's a, uh, it, it, this is it's definitely a fun thing it's a fun thing to play with but everyone with the way that we've been talking about it, it's kind of more of a thing of like uh though it's fun to play does it need to be changed <laughs> like just a bit like it needs i think there needs to be tweaking there we just don't know what it is because the meta is still forming and that's one of the things that we'll find out soon enough because there'll be some yeah. tournaments coming up soon so yeah i i am personally kind of like i and i feel very alone i'm in the camp that aurelia doesn't need too much of a change i think it's more that like um because seeing the more more overwhelmed decks showing up um and a little bit more people kind of messing around with challenger like that stuff like that hurts irelia but i also don't think she needs to be changed because like the uh you can't change her mana cost because the fact that she's three mana keeps her from being played with zed if she could be played with zed i think it'd be even more terrifying than it already is because right now like the azir is like the one champion that people uh, that Irelia fits with the best and it's a very much a sit back champion um whereas with Zed it would make an aggressive strategy hyper aggressive yeah and feed off of each other too well I think um so I don't think you can mess with the mana cost and I don't know what you could do about blade dance because of how young it is like does it need changing or anything um but the big reason that I also think that it doesn't need to be changed is we don't see a lot of Piltover. I've been saying that since before we got into this current set, and it's because we're not getting the new Piltover champion yet. And we're we're also haven't gotten the new Bilgewater champion yet. And what do Bilgewater and Piltover do really well? Direct removal. Irelia is the definition of dies to removal. <laughs> yeah. LeBlanc is the definition of dies to removal and I still feel that LeBlanc got his played as much as she did because nobody was playing Piltover and we got to see that when the couple of these control decks that were playing the concurrent timelines and bringing back Karina control you couldn't play LeBlanc into that because oh well Mystic Shot when do I when can I, I you have to dip, drop under two mana for me to play my champion that feels terrible 
And Irelia is going to fall into that too. So I don't, I'm, I feel like I'm alone in that camp, but it's like the moment we get these Piltover cards and we get these Bilgewater cards and we actually see people playing them because the champions are out. I, I think this is going to die. I it's, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see how it pans out. It could be a great balancing effect, which is you're starting to see newer decks, which is good, right? That's what you want out of this. Um, but this card, I, I think the you know towards the end of the story, the quotes on these cards on both her her original version and her flip version have I want to say some metaphor to what we spoke about with with the Noxian influence. Um, so on her first side. It says, once we studied art, art and beauty and our hearts soared, but when they broke our walls and spilled our blood, we fell back down to earth. And then the opposite side, it says, though our hearts are heavy, we are full, full of purpose and return to dance once more. And it's one of those things where I look at that and I see, you know, a, a, a culture that is very, let's say, holier than thou and avoids conflict, this concept of, you know, being in the clouds, right? And being pulled down to earth because of this attack, which is something that, remember, there are tons of wars going around on Runeterra at this point. So it's not new that you would encounter this kind of oppression from especially Noxus, which brings them into that real world of, hey, welcome down to earth. And, you know, Earth is hell, right? <laughs> and war is hell. So when they're brought down, even though they rally back, right? They rally back to be um, their fierce self to protect themselves and push Noxus out. Now they are no longer in the clouds. They are now just among the others in this environment, which then leads to the changes we see post the invasion. And I think those kind of quotes, and even if you know I'm off base. On that interpretation, I think it's cool that they're able to represent that from the story to the quotes to how the cards designed to bring out uh, that that expression of those idea ideas, which is cool. Yeah, and the like it's also a good thing to point out that like they um, Ionia has definitely been brought back down to earth, and we get to see with stories like Zed that. Not all of I, not all of the Ionians agree with this philosophy of trying to return back to the clouds, and that's why we get to see such we get to have such a questionable ending to Irelia's story of like what happens next. Like Irelia's got no idea either because of like the fact that I yes we want to return to the clouds, but not all of us, and that is where you get this kind this inner conflict that is just jammed in your face but you don't know anything about it uh and it's it's really good it's a really good story as far as just to read into because you want to know you want to know what happens next i know i do yeah so <laughs> and and you know as to wrap this up hetch mentioned a good point listen to our zed episode listen to our yasuo episodes like those episodes are going to give you the full um view of the different views in Ionia uh, when it comes to how violence should be handled. Yeah, I, I mean, our Ionian episodes really do all kind of tie back to this because so many of the Ionian characters, the champions, they their story kind of flips into gear because of the Noxus invasion. Um, like Karma being the big one, but even Lee Sin, like they they all get involved in this because it's all of Ionia is suddenly 
being forced to deal with this threat or be run over by it. Yeah. And, you know, one threat that is always looming is this point in the episode where I have a question or challenge for Hetch. And today um, he kind of already answered it with the shoulder lean. But if you had (laughs) Irelia's powers, what dance move or dance style would activate them for you? Uh, I go first, as always. Uh, I naturally lean towards breakdancing. Breakdancing was cool. Add some blades to it, just makes it cooler. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. It's not going to be the shoulder lean, because that's too easy. <laughs> that's too easy. I already brought it up. All right. But I'm going to show some hometown roots here. All right. Oh, so no. Only, only people that are our age from oh, this no. corner of the world are going to know this. Oh, no. Um, So for me, it would be the A-Town Stomp. (laughs) So it would definitely be more like an earthbending kind of thing, too, because, you know, it's a stomp. But it'd be the A-Town Stomp. So you get get that little, like, pump fake into it before you really jump back down. Oh, Oh, yeah. has chosen violence. Yeah, hit us up. Hit us up if you know what the A Town Stomp is. Like, <laughs> I'd love to know. I'm not alone in this world. And with that, thanks for listening. And as always, we'll be back soon with the next episode. Take care, everybody.